0: are listening to the Bondzilla Podcast. The Bondzilla Podcast is a bi-monthly analysis of two of cinema's longest-running franchises, James Bond and Godzilla. This week, legal drama, two nuclear bombs, and a whole lot of sharks. It's 007's latest adventure, 1965's Thunderball. Hello again, Bonzillaites. <laughs> Bonzillaites. Bonzillaites. Welcome to episode number seven of the Bonzilla
1: Podcast. It is episode seven. The Bond Awakens. Yes, I am Nick. And I'm Will. Let's go. Come on. Let's uh, let's do are, this. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. I didn't know if you were ready to go. We're back to talking about a Bond episode, yeah, a Bond here, movie. We are talking about the fourth James Bond film from 1965. Right. Thunderball. 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 As, as, I, as I like to call it. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, it's right. back to Bond. I guess it's uh, <laughs> back to... Oh, boy. All
0: right. <laughs> uh, so... Last time we were here for the Bond episode, and even last week, I I teased a little bit. I've I've been teasing this kind of uh, something that's been bubbling on the surface since our very first episode, talking about Thunderball uh, with the legal issues and uh, a man named Kevin Mm McClory. So for this, we're going to have to go back. We're going to hop into our DeLorean again, Mm -hmm. as you remember from last time.
1: Right. Uh, We're going to go back. Famous Bond car, the DeLorean.
0: We're going to go back uh to 1958 pre Dr. No uh but post Godzilla so yeah, we're in that realm mm-hmm. that, that you put your mindset there there yeah uh it's after of course uh, our our friend uh Ian Fleming had put uh casino royale on uh, climax with an exclamation point uh, didn't do too well but Fleming really wanted to uh, get his Bond books which were becoming more and more popular as the years gone on uh, gone by uh, yeah, onto the film onto the big screen uh, so he talks to his friend named Ivan Bryce who has some connections to the film industry and Bryce introduces him to a young up-and-coming Irish uh, writer-director named Kevin McClory mm-hmm. and the three of them together plot to feel, uh, uh, excuse me, they plot to form their own production company called Xanadu Productions. Okay. Uh right. which uh, never actually forms, but it's kind of the unofficial name of this little partnership that they have.
1: And it's the official name of the movie Xanadu. Xanadu, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: No relation.
0: No relation. But that, you know, Hashtag Sean Connery's in that
1: filter. Is it? Is he? Yeah, I think so. Alright, continue. I'm gonna look at up.
0: I yeah. Probably, or maybe I'm thinking uh, there's Sean Connery's in a movie with an X in the title. Uh, so, oh, you're thinking of Zardoz? Zardoz. Yeah, you're thinking. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I knew I was. I knew it wasn't Xanadu.
1: Yeah. But, uh, no, Gene Kelly is in a is in a Xanadu, which a lot of people have always called him the Sean Connery of his time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming. Um, I'll have to look that one right. up right. Uh, so they start
0: coming up with a couple of ideas. Uh, Fleming, one of Fleming's original ideas for uh, the first James Bond movie, is uh, that something that features a uh, airplane full of celebrities crashing into the Atlantic, uh, which. I don't know how that would have really worked. I don't know if like would you've gotten actual celebrities to play themselves,
1: or would you wait? Have wait got- so Bond was on the plane full of celebrities, or and maybe the, and he has crashes. to save them. I
0: don't know. It's, it's one of the earliest ideas, but I just thought it was really weird for a Bond movie to be about like saving a plane of celebrities. Are, are
1: the stakes? Would the stakes really be high in that? Especially now, like because it's like all right, you have a plane full of celebrities, and it's yeah. like Bond. You you must make. You have to make sure these celebrities make it to the Academy Awards on time. <laughs> And then it's like like are the are, are the stakes high enough no, in, in that the, case. The <laughs> issue is that
0: like on the one hand, if you have celebrities play themselves, then it automatically becomes comedic. Right. If you don't have, if you have like fictional celebrities, then you're like, well, why do I care about this fictional
1: celebrity? Right. So obviously that went by the wayside. So you know, I, and, and as as we will find out, they've done everything in their power because they don't want to make it comedic. So they've done everything in their power to make sure this movie isn't a joke. So that that's interesting. Yes. Wink, wink. Um. <laughs> So uh, the the plot sort of uh, comes
0: together in terms of uh, Thunderball's production when McClory, who is uh, obsessed with the underwater world and loves water sports and that sort of thing, he comes up with this idea. <laughs> Wait, what? The under-, the under oh underwater sports? Yeah, well, yeah, and the and the, the general world of underwater, like you like know, Atlantis.
1: Under- like <laughs> <Are laughs> sea life. Are like you like like sure sea- he didn't want to make just an Atlantis movie? James Bond in Atlantis So he he comes in and he's like, James Bond finds Atlantis. uh, That would have been
0: great. (laughs) Water ball. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No, but he loves, he's fascinated by like the coral reef and animal life in the underwater world. I'm just just thinking of James Bond sleeping with a mermaid now. (laughs) Bond would find a way to do it too. He kind of starts coming up with this idea of hiding nukes underwater. Uh, which is obviously plays a big part of Thunderball, and the script starts coming together for the two of them, and they add a third man named Jack Whittingham, who was a big screenwriter around the time, again in Ireland. Uh, and now they are coming up with a script which is originally titled James Bond Secret Agent. So uh, that would have been our one chance at having a James Bond movie with a James Bond uh, in the title. Yeah. Um, uh, the final title that they come up with is uh, Longitude 78 West, which is kind of... Uh, where the where the where the, the story might take place. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? Longitude seventy eight west. It's like what is that? It's you know like longitude and latitude.
1: <laughs> yes, I know longitude and latitude. Well, that's why like how no you would nuts. probably I just, say I, I,
0: like it'd be longitude seventy eight west. But like, what is
1: that? What is longitude seventy eight west? Wh- well, I'm what what it's I- like the the island where the book takes <laughs> place. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? I'm an expert in longitude I, and latitude. I, I don't know. You're the one I'll with th- the research. I just like. Wait, why, like, first of all, you're the weird one, because you're just like, oh, they would have called it Longitude uh, 78 West. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. No, what, what, no that. W- my next question would be, where is that? Why would they call it that? Well, they didn't end up calling it, so, yeah, doesn't so it doesn't matter. Doesn't really matter.
0: Jesus. Uh, the original villains were the Sicilian Mafia, actually. Uh, which... <laughs> I'm,
1: just, I'm just combining all this with the Atlantis plot line. Uh, um... hey, A, with all these fishes here? <laughs> We're sleeping with the fishes. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. All right. All right. Continue. All right. right. Uh, uh, Yeah. So the the
0: Sicilian Mafia was the original (laughs) villains uh, before Spectre kind of came together as an idea, Mm -hmm. uh, which does carry over a little bit into the finished product. Um, So a lot of the goodwill that McClory and Fleming had were based on uh, McClory hyping up his uh, first major motion picture mm-hmm. uh, called "The Boy and the Bridge," which was the uh, official British entry into the 1959 Venice Film Festival. It bombed spectacularly, mm-hmm. critically and
1: commercially. Mm-hmm. Was what was a it? Th- Real quick, do you know what it was about, or
0: uh, it was about a boy and a bridge? Okay, I'm, fair enough. A, um, it, it seems like from what I read, it's I, obviously it's it hasn't kind of gone. Uh, through the ages, as, as one of the all-time classics. But I, I tells that tells you a lot about M- what McClory's legacy is, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Fleming, having been sold on McClory from this film and seeing that, hey, it didn't do too well, starts to get like disillusioned mm-hmm. with, with the project uh, and starts to kind of meet with, with McClory a lot less. Uh, but McClory and Whittingham still work on it, and they come up with a final draft of uh, Longitude 70 with that they send to Fleming. Uh kay. which Fleming then renames Thunderball, mm-hmm. which is uh do you know what Thunderball is, Will? No. Uh Thunderball was I know what a
1: Thunderball is, <laughs> but I don't know what Thunderball is. Thunderball is a it term. may be a Pokemon move for all I know. <laughs> it sounds like a Pokemon move. It, I'm it pretty sure is. it is. It yeah. Yeah. is. Um Thunderbolt
0: is kind of a nickname for the mushroom cloud basically uh that the United States government gave to uh you know it's a kind of a kind Yeah of thunder, no I, ball. I I get it's it It's a yeah. thunder and it kind of has a ball at the uh, top yeah, okay. you know Uh Despite and, it already having a
1: nickname the mushroom cloud
0: <laughs> You can't have too many nicknames
1: Yeah It's funny now now we're bridging into the Godzilla realm all yeah. this uh nuclear warfare So and uh after Fleming
0: had talked with a friend in the uh US military industry mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. It is an industry because it's war. The industry of war.
1: Uh, or the military. Hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the war industry. <laughs> or uh, the military. <laughs> he decided to name it after Thunderbolt.
0: Uh, so they have this uh, script meeting after a... Uh, is. This is now 1960. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have a final meeting that doesn't go too hot. Okay. So basically, Fleming at this point has decided that he's not going to... Uh, work on this film project he's gonna explore these other film options uh, that are that are knocking at his door
1: like bond related. But bond related ones? okay options. yeah kind
0: of kind of this is the the beginnings of what would become the Saltzman purchase yeah. So he's like this is kind of I don't need I, I gotta, don't like Atlantis is, yeah.
1: I don't know where longitude West 92 is whatever <laughs> that is so I'm gonna go look at these other guys is that that's kind of yeah. what he's like yeah kind of like that
0: yeah uh, but Fleming, as he admitted himself, is not one to throw away a good idea. Mm-hmm. So he decides to turn <laughs> to the Thunderball script into his next novel.
1: Okay. All right. That's interesting. All right. Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't think this is going to go well. <laughs> uh, this, I don't think this, does this not. is going to... This is not going to uh, a result in uh, good tidings, I think. So... Uh,
0: Fleming writes the book basically Because he, he has the plot, he has the story So he basically <laughs> writes the book in two months um, Alright, yeah And uh, McClory uh, comes across A pre-release copy <laughs> He's like, wait a minute And is none <laughs> too happy uh, So he decides to sue <laughs>
1: Like, Wait, what is Thunderball <laughs> Latitude West 98 <98? laughs> What's this doing on my bookshelf? What is
0: this? uh so the suit the original suit nineteen um around nineteen sixty one uh is unsuccessful in stopping the book's release, but basically the courts open it up that he could sue again uh for the film rights mm-hmm. and he does in uh was nineteen sixty three and Fleming basically has no argument because <laughs> i mean th- the complications of the case is basically that yes. McClory and Whittingham basically did come up with most of the plot right. for Thunderbolt. Okay. But because Fleming owns the right, like basically, since Fleming is the James Bond creator, they don't own R- uh, all mm, the rights gotcha. to the character. So basically, but Fleming is not doing well in court. And he has his first heart attack during this trial. And on the advice of his lawyer and their friend that introduced him to McClory in the first place, Ivan Bryce. Uh, He comes up with a settlement in court Mm -hmm. uh, that basically that uh, Fleming owns the rights to the novel and McClory has all the literary and film uh, rights to the story. Because the
1: equivalent would be like if you went up to George Lucas, let's say he still had the rights Mm -hmm. to everything and he's like, all right, I'm going to pitch you an idea for episode nine or whatever. And he's like, Oh, okay. I guess that sounds great. But you know, we're well, going to explore other options. That's my George Lucas. Yeah. And then he goes on to make your idea for episode nine, but you did pitch a star Wars movie to yeah. George. Lucas. Right. So it's like that, that There's would that be kind of weird. Of weird. That's that, kind of yeah, thing. that would so, be interesting.
0: Uh, so basically, yeah, they do split up the rights and, uh, it's one of the reasons, as we talked about, one of the reasons that originally Thunderball was considered for the first movie. Yeah. Is because A it already had a script and B it was the most recent novel that had released gotcha. from that time. That is interesting. So uh, but basically Broccoli and Saltzman kind of give up on that app because as they're making Doctor No, uh, the trial is basically ongoing or starting. It's <laughs> still like there's still legal tangle ups, so they decide like we'll just Ignore that for now, mm-hmm. uh, which also makes it very interesting because going forward, one of the big issues that we'll have with this lawsuit is mm-hmm. who is the actual creator of Spectre, mm-hmm. which is a obviously a big part of the Bond franchise that they put into... Uh, into the first movie. Right, okay. And and so there's a lot of debate as whether it was Fleming's idea or McClory's idea for the Spectre
1: organization. But wasn't Spectre in the previous movies, though? Spectre was in the the,
0: previous movies, but the original idea for Spectre came from the Thunderball screenplay
1: and novel. That was the debut of Spectre. So what was it in the other... Am I not remembering it right? What was in the other movies? Well, I mean, and, and, no. Well, okay. Was it not called Spectre it, in the other movies? It was called Spectre in the other movies. Okay. So what I'm saying is that... The Thunderball issue had them kind of had to comb through everything that they had done in the movies about who owned what. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. And, I understand.
0: And, and uh, it, it will come back to haunt them in the future. Okay. With them. Cool. 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 Uh, so Got basically, to, to wrap this up, uh, McClory originally intends to make his own film, mm-hmm. uh, which is... Uh, going to go against basically whatever the fourth film would be in the Mm -hmm. Bond franchise. Uh, he made a comment that, uh, this other Bond series is having a life and death golf game. Uh, meanwhile, my movie has two nukes that are stolen and the world is held hostage. So basically he's like, I'm going to, I, I'm gonna go against I'm gonna be, do my own thing right okay then he realizes how hard it is to make a movie <laughs> <laughs> and the budget he right. would need and knowing that the Bond franchise is very successful he decides to actually go to
1: Saltzman and Broccoli to he, make he's a like deal my, my last movie had a boy in a bridge yeah. this has two nukes this has two and nukes. more and uh, possibly Atlantis so they decide this, they strike
0: a deal which is why uh, originally the announced sequel to Goldfinger was gonna be on our majesty's Secret Service uh but because of mcclory's inquiry that hey we we can make we can do something together with thunderball Mm -hmm. they decide we'll just jump on this we'll not take a chance we'll not take a chance that he makes a competing movie we'll not take a chance that we'll lose his rights we still want to make this movie let's do it so they make a deal uh part of the deal is that mcclory can't make his own bond movie for another 10 years uh, okay which will also bite them in the butt at some point
1: so they couldn't make it for another 10 years after after After, after Thunderball. Thunder okay. So
0: 1965, he couldn't make another uh, Bond. He couldn't use the Thunderball rights to make another Bond movie yeah. until 1975. So let's let's get to the, uh, just quickly. To the, the making t- of. The, the actual making of Thunderball. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the quote unquote making Here's, a, here's a question for you, Will. Okay. All right. Dr. No had a $1 million budget. Okay. From Russia With Love had a $2 million budget. Mm-hmm. Goldfinger had a $3 million budget. Mm-hmm. What do you think the budget of Thunderball is?
1: I got an answer for you. Sure. I bet it's definitely less than the last movie. <laughs> sure. That is correct. <laughs> I uh I mean I, I don't know the number, but I would assume that it's it's less. It's is it, less than three million? It's less than whatever the previous movie was. Okay, so it's yeah.
0: it's less than then it's less than Goldfinger. Yes. That is way out of it okay yeah the budget for this movie finally increases to almost 10 million (laughs) dollars (laughs) um
1: oh no okay wow um uh yeah it's like 9.8 we just added another thing I'm going to be talking about um, <laughs> when we get to the movie. Yeah, portion. basically after the success. Oh, no! <laughs>
0: after, after the success of Goldfinger, United Artists was like, "We're
1: finally all in on this thing. We're going to give you." So they like more than like doubled the budget. They like oh, yeah. m- oh my it's, god! It's
0: more than the uh, it's it's three million dollars more than the three f- previous Bond films combined. Oh. Hmm. All right. Okay. Uh, all right. So uh, they <laughs> asked Guy Hamilton to come back after Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. Mr. Uh, Guy Hamilton. Mr. Guy Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, he decided that he, he felt drained, and he had nothing more to add to the Bond franchise. Didn't he just do one movie? Yes. Well, that last movie but was like a it, lot of It was a lot, on. and yeah. also got to consider, too, that this was still like, again, this is the last time they do this, but this is right after, one after the other. Mm. I mean, Hamilton does return to the franchise. So how
1: he, soon after in production did this go? um from goldfinger? after goldfinger uh
0: the first uh shooting begins in february 1965 which mm-hmm. is right after the uh france the french premiere of goldfinger okay uh so i mean hamilton would go on to do three more bond films we'll see him again in the bond franchise but that's later down the line when they kind of have a little bit more time in mm-hmm. between the movies gotcha uh so instead uh terrence young is able to uh end his issues with the bond producers get paid pretty significantly for this film and he returns for his final uh bond adventure gotcha okay um so because they had the underwater sets or underwater plot to deal with Mm -hmm. especially because with McClory on i'll I'll say this McClory was one of those guys he wasn't the guy that's like oh uh i just want like an executive producer uh title and that's all i want to do you Mm -hmm. know he was a guy who's like i'm gonna be completely involved with this film right and so he was very much like he he knew in exactly where to film all the underwater stuff here where he wanted it uh but this was a new challenge for the bond team uh as ken adam had to now design sets that they would build underwater mm-hmm. and vehicles that they would use underwater and okay. also they knew they had to shoot a lot of underwater fight scenes so they got the dudes uh who did flipper Okay. <laughs> uh, Ivan Tore Productions out of Miami. The humans who did yes. Flipper. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. And and the dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> the dolphin. The dolphin was the cinematographer. Yeah. <laughs> no, but they they got the, uh, the the guys who did Flipper. Who was who? Actually, when you look at it, it's it's funny because we we kind of have Flipper as this kind of oh, silly little dolphin show. But what what. Th- <laughs> sure (laughs) yeah but what what, when you look at it like when you look it up like what they actually did for a lot of for that production and a lot of other television production was actually pretty revolutionary for the time Mm -hmm. so it was a very big thing that they 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 joined the bond franchise and and were able to shoot those underwater scenes and uh ken adams said that he basically just kind of he didn't know what he was doing so he just kind of designed a bunch of cool underwater stuff thinking that oh they'd have to be parred down but they found like a x like Submarine builder that
1: like took the de- took of the designs. It's like okay. Yeah, no <laughs> I can do this What is this wait hold on? I'm sorry. I I don't want you to, to skip ahead, but it's like okay We're going into production immediately Okay, more than three times the budget okay grand ideas underwater you do it. Can you do it? Uh, maybe I don't know like why don't we just do this perfect? You're the guy like, what 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 is going on? <laughs> what is this production? Um? It's, it's a production. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> so
0: quickly through the cast, uh, before we get to some small production stories, uh, main light lead Bond girl, uh, Domino Durval, mm-hmm. uh, they originally wanted a really big name to play this part. Uh, right. So they were going to try to go for uh, Raquel Welch and uh, okay. Faye Dunaway. Um, and Faye actually, I think, was almost signed, but then she decided to do Fantastic Voyage mm-hmm. instead. Uh, So they finally got a uh, French actress named uh, Claudette Auger. Uh, The character was supposed to be Italian, but because they hired a French woman, uh, they decided to change the last name to be French, which doesn't matter anyway because she ended up being dubbed again by Mm -hmm. Nikki Vandersil, uh, which would be the last – this film would be the last time that they used that dubbing trope uh, majorly. Uh, then we also have Emilio Largo, our uh, main villain of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, played by a Italian actor uh, Adolfo Celi, and uh, he was also dubbed for this movie uh, for by a man named Robert Riley. Okay. Uh, and then um, actually, funny—the uh, one you know, the girl on the island that basically is like their kind of helper, like yes, yeah, yes. she's actually one of the like the the henchwoman. Not the henchwoman, but like the one that's helping
1: Bond the oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah, gotcha
0: she was one of the gypsy women from uh from russia oh, with Lava, really? making a return
1: wait is she the gypsy woman like is she supposed to be that character oh no no it's no oh <laughs> yeah no, no 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 it's like so it's like one of his one of these gypsy women he was gifted in, in um, with oh no and then you had the woman i was kind of wish that was uh, the case the woman was
0: uh, lucini paluzzi mm-hmm. uh who played uh fiona volpe and uh what's funny about that is it's another uh ethnicity chain or a uh, yeah, ethnicity changed that we guess because she was supposed to be Irish, mm-hmm. and then they hired an Italian actress, so they changed her to be Italian. Gotcha. And then, of course, uh, Rick Van Nutter okay. as our, uh, our Felix number three. Don't have a joke for
1: that one, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here's the, here's
0: another great production story you'll, right. you'll like about All right. this. I love uh, I love a good production story. So, uh, well, there's there's one that you'll really like, but this one I thought would be funny just because of like what this production is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were trying to figure out how to design the nukes. Uh, for the okay. movie because at, the, at we, we take it for granted now, but at that time there wasn't really like a lot of information about like what the right. bombs actually looked like. So the production artist had a friend in the military uh, that basically like, oh, I can get you a tour of basically kind of our facilities and you can kind of see it. What they didn't know is that the production artist snuck in a secret camera and <laughs> took <laughs> pictures of this top secret military, you know, base just so that they could have accurate bombs produced for the
1: movie right okay um so what happened to that did they get like they got caught or no it was just after the fact it was just after the fact how many people lost their jobs, jobs. <laughs> when that story I'm, came I, out i think on the documentary <laughs> on the dvd making of documentary they yeah. actually show the photos he took yeah. yeah i mean i guess like what can you do um, really do they have ndas in the in the war industry <laughs> anybody who works in the in, in war please uh give uh, us an email Yeah, email in Uh, So, the first thing that's
0: shot is the uh, opening sequence, the uh, rocket pack sequence. Mm -hmm. Uh, The rocket pack, the jet pack, was not a special effect. Uh, That was one of two actual uh, jet packs that were developed for the British Army uh, that were basically basically intended to help people... Travel long distances quickly just to <laughs> jump up in the air. That
1: would be the, uh, the uh, uh, purpose so, of a jetpack, I would So assume. they were
0: able to procure one of these two prototypes uh, that they made for the <laughs> Army. They- so, wait,
1: like, legally, right? Yeah, legally. Okay, so, yes. <laughs> this one was legally. And it's like, so they took, they went to this secret base, took all these pictures, and then, and then they just, just like, stole a jet just pack. took a jetpack um, on their way out.
0: <laughs> Young and the producers originally filmed Connery without a helmet because he thought that they would look more, he would look more debonair mm-hmm. and look more, like, cool without mm-hmm. a helmet on. When they went to film the actual scene of, of the, because I think there's there was only one person who... Was qualified to fly the jetpack in the entire world, mm-hmm. like the guy who like invented it right. was like the only yeah. person who could do it. And when they told him he wanted to to fly without a helmet, he starkly refused for safety reasons. So that's why in the movie, when when you have Bond on the jetpack, uh, the green screen is really bad uh-huh. because they had the at the last minute like match shots and put Connery in a helmet. Uh, but so yeah, I mean, safety first. Well,
1: <laughs> well, I mean it is experimental technology. It's like it's not like if you had like an experimental like rocket and you're like, oh, we're gonna put in this movie for the first time. Let's just not uh, do any of the same. Let's just make it look cool. Uh, the main kind of antagonist of the production
0: were the sharks. Okay. So uh, we have three shark stories mm-hmm. for you. Okay. And you know uh, we have probably have some listeners that are very big into sharks, so yeah. this will be a good time.
1: Some maybe even sharks. Well, oh,
0: oh, uh, Sean Connery uh, was afraid of the sharks. Uh, so for the scene that he was in the pool, Mm -hmm. uh, and had to travel with the sharks, there's a shark pool in this movie. Yes, there's a shark pool. Uh, Connery, um, Cat Adam promised that he would build basically a plexiglass wall, um, that, uh, the sharks would be behind. So Connery could still do the scene and it could still look like the sharks were right next to Connery. Problem was, is that when they built the, uh, plexiglass, there happened to be for whatever reason, a four foot gap. So (laughs) they started filming the scene, Uh and the shark swam right through the gap (laughs) and right by Connery. So basically, most of the scenes with the shark in the movie where Connery looks like he's afraid of the shark is not acting. Right. Uh, It's him actually fearing the shark. Uh, Then at one point, a a stuntman is killed by Emilio Largo by throwing him in the pool. Wait, what? No, 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 no. Sorry. The the, the henchman. Oh,
1: oh my. (laughs) What is... I, I was like enough casual deaths in these movies. You really just said it's like, yeah, so in this one scene, a stuntman's killed when he's thrown in the No, no, pool. no. So, I was like, whoa, so, what? So, so <laughs> I, was, I, I got ahead of myself. Okay. A, uh, Wait, the, so a stuntman did die? No, no. Oh, okay. The henchman right, died, all right, all right, the and the died. stuntman right. had
0: to be pushed in the pool for the shot with the sharks, because they wanted to okay, actually see Okay, right, gotcha. It. So he demanded a $500 bonus to, uh, to be pushed in the pool, and he got it. Okay, fair enough. Then the last one is that for one of the scenes, uh, to to get more specific action with the shark, uh, they got what uh, a dead shark and basically pulled it around on a wire so that they could kind of have a little bit more okay. leeway. All right. Uh, so the guy gets in the middle of the pool with this wire and starts pulling around the shark. Except it turns out that the shark wasn't dead, just stunned. So, the shark in the middle of them pulling together wakes
1: up and starts attacking these other sharks. That's amazing. But also, what? I, I need to know more about that one. I don't think we have time to go over, yeah. but like, how do you. I, don't, I have did no they, idea. Did they go out and they're like, well, that shark looks dead? And then when you bring it back, like, that shark just wakes up and you're like, where am I? <laughs> what are all these sharks? Screw you, sharks! <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, and then that's, so the final, thing I, final little thing I have from the production,
0: because other... It, it, I was going to say it was a generally smoother production, mm-hmm. but apparently... Except for all these. All these other kind yeah. of <laughs> things. Uh, the final sequence, um, the final action sequence yeah. uh, takes 60 divers and almost um, $100,000 worth of diving equipment mm-hmm. uh, to shoot. And then they have the, the explosion of uh, Largo's boat, the Disco Volante. Mm-hmm and through their military connections uh the production team was able to get in experimental rocket fuel okay.
1: all right they steal that
0: too along with the <laughs> no, with the jet this pack? was what through their connections oh uh, but they didn't realize how powerful it was because the explosion was so large yeah. and so loud that it blew out all the windows on the of the town in the <laughs> in the uh that they were shooting like the next neighboring to. town the neighboring town oh my a God. 30 mile radius
1: of the, uh... Wait, did like people like love James Bond movies this much that they could be like, all right, let's just go to the military to get experimental like jetpacks and fuel and secret like picture. Like, how did they? What? I don't, I don't understand. And it was all in it. And this was the result. <laughs> that gun looks more fitting for a woman. You know much about guns, Mr.
0: Bond? No, I know a little about women.
1: Nick, I want to I wanna take the lead on this one. So Go we're ahead, back to talk about Thunderball.
0: Because um, um, I, uh, <laughs> I didn't really take a lot of notes during this one because... <laughs> you know what? There is some good... <laughs> Right cuz this has the best Bond poster. Yeah. yeah. That was actually going to be like This first has thing. the best Bond poster this of has, all time. This, this has, is the one Bond poster I own thanks to Will. I
1: got it was uh, my uh, Christmas, Christmas present yes. to you. It, it's essentially it's a picture of Bond in action, Bond with a jetpack and Bond with the ladies. Look up, look down, look out, 007. It, yeah. And it's like uh, you know, it's uh, you got the action, the gadgets, the girls—it's everything, and it's so goofy looking. It's amazing, and, and,
0: the, and the, just the art is really good. It actually, well, I mean, obviously, we'll we'll post it for uh, the
1: preview of our coming soon. So you you'll have seen it if mm-hmm. you were excited for this episode. But uh, um, and what, what the other the other thing I will say that I had the most positive about it was I actually dig the opening song, Thunderball. Yeah. Because um, to me it felt very Bondy, yeah. just like. What's funny about the,
0: yeah, what's funny about that is that there was a last minute replacement for the original song because originally, uh, it was Shirley Bassey was going to return and sing a song called "Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang," mm-hmm. which is based on a review of Doctor No uh, that called him that called Bond uh, "Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang." Uh, but as the as we got closer to the pro- the actual release of the movie, the producers were worried that. Uh, not having a song with the title in it would be very okay. strange. So uh John Barry and a another lyricist rewrote like a last minute song uh called Thunderball was performed by Tom Jones. And so That's who I thought, yeah. I was uh, yeah, when we were Tom listening Jones. to it
1: I was like, That sounds like Tom Jones and it sounds like I actually liked the song a lot and I thought that the um that the opening uh the segment, the title screen, I thought was like pretty the, the, the cool. The credits. Yeah, the credits. Yeah. Yeah, the credits uh, yeah. the credits were awesome. Yeah. So yeah the I, credits were all awesome. like that. But
0: the, the best I think is probably the best credits we've had so far just in
1: terms of like yes, un- uniqueness and, and the look. It was a little bit more than just like projecting credits onto a dancing woman or yeah. the Electra Company. Yeah. So I like that. The rest of this boo <laughs>
0: well, there's, I, I, there's like bits and pieces <laughs> of this movie that I like rewatching it. There are bits and pieces of this movie I, I will uh, yeah, defend. Yeah, and you know what? Like, and there there will- are there are bits and pieces that I think I can appreciate, but overall, this movie is so. Boring, dude. Nothing. I, absolutely nothing happens in the middle of this movie. There's like an exciting opening sequence, and then the movie picks up a little bit of steam towards the end. But like for like the hour and a half of like the middle of this movie, absolutely nothing of
1: significance happens,
0: and it stinks. I it will stinks <laughs> to high heaven.
1: I will. I will say. That at one point during the movie, and I, and I try not to, I try to do this as little as possible as to interfere with the movie, yeah. but at one point we're watching it and I was like, Nick, give give me the remote. And I had to see where we were in the movie. I kid you not, we were almost 40 minutes into this two hour movie and Bond doesn't have his mission yet we don't really know what's going on. We, we like kind of like allude to things like what the bad guys are doing. Like the movie hasn't started <laughs> for almost 40 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Opening. I mean like the the opening opening is, you know, but it's like, it's fine. It's, but like, but, but it's like connected, the, yeah. but kind of like almost like, but not really like it's connected to kind of like to bring bond into the world, but not to like what the plot of the movie is. Yeah. It's it, it was crazy. I mean, I, oh my god! Because
0: the like the the, 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 the post credits, There's was at
1: the, one point the, we were watching it, and Nick just had to hear me just being like, "What is going on? Like, come on!" There were just things in this movie. It, it's so surprisingly. It, there's just so many mistakes. There's just like you know what I mean. Yeah. Like what what's the word I'm trying to think? But it, it's basically there. There's a lot of just weird little mistakes in the movie. Like at one point. Like and I think this may have been when I gave up on the movie was a scene transitioned before a lady was finished her line of dialogue, which you could argue, I guess. Is I like, know you can't argue that. What are you talking about? Could be a stylistic she, choice. She wasn't done. She wasn't done speaking. She was like, they were like, Bond was like, all right, this is where we need to go. And the lady's like, all right, I'll get right. on <laughs> Like, it wasn't, she wasn't even done. And the screen just wiped. And I was like, oh my God. And there's like things like Q comes on screen and he's talking, but he's, his like mouth is clearly not moving. Like, so they just put the ADR in this movie is garbage like bond will be saying something and it's just like that that is not what he's saying on set <laughs> right there and it's just there's just so many of like these have had like the editing the editing in the opening scene is like i was like what like it's like they're just cutting for no reason they're speeding up for for other reasons and oh my god it was it was such a such a nightmare yeah. to watch at times but no, it, it's, it's just, just oh my oh god man. and and it's like so like the i guess the plot of this movie is specter who once again specter is actually depicted as being pretty cool yeah i was going to movie. mention yeah. that the
0: that the the, the opening specter scene uh when largo number 2 largo uh visits specter uh it kind of goes back to what you said in Thunderbolt, kind of the, the interesting bureaucracy and the kind of the 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 metagame, I guess, of uh, of Specter and right. kind of the because everybody inter- has the, the a number. Everybody has a
1: number. They're at this large table, and the number one, I guess, is w- what his name is. in the as far as we know, yeah, thus far, he's like, oh, somebody's been. He's like doing this this weird Hans Gruber like somebody's been embezzling the money, and he's like, you know what we do to embezzlers, and then he like electrocutes a dude in a chair. So I thought that I thought that was pretty cool. Um, we think that, you know, I thought we were going to be introduced to a, uh, another famous Bond villain who I was going to name, um, uh, what was I going to name him? I think I was going to name him No Face at one point because he didn't have a face. <laughs> There's a guy in this movie where he gets like, I guess, surgery to like remove his face and to put like another man's face on him so yeah. he can like go undercover. Mm-hmm. But th- the plot of this movie is essentially that Spectre steals two nuclear bombs And they're basically holding. They basically they put a ransom out, like saying like, "Well, we want this money, or else we will put the bombs on." And and then when they show this map of like the devastation of what the bomb does, yeah, it's like way bigger than. It's, like, so comically large, the amount of damage this bomb will do. And so they finally find out this is what they have to do, and they have to find out what's going on. And again, like I said, we don't find out that's what the movie really is about until 40 minutes into the movie. The
0: first 40 minutes of this movie are Bond at a, basically, like, recovery health spa yeah, type of – on, on a military base. What is this? It goes like it every, goes on forever. It, it absolutely goes on forever, and – Uh, as Will pointed out like everything in this place is a death
1: machine at one point Bond is hooked up to like this uh, this this uh, rack that's supposed to like you know you kind of like massage your body and stretch Mm -hmm. you out like your spine and your bones and everything and a guy tries to kill him by like turning it on like high and then Bond essentially becomes like a giant shake wake where he's like (laughs) oh no like it just comes that way and then I'm just thinking like a medical like I don't and People who are in the medical field and in hardware, please explain this to me. But I don't think a chiropractor device like that would have, like, a death option on it. I don't think it would. there would be an option to go up to. It's like, this option will kill you. And then, the craziest part, this is the most dangerous, weirdest, like, physical therapy place. Because at one point, Bond is, like, getting undressed for, like, his physical therapist. And then, out of nowhere... Just, like, she gets up close to him, and she just he just grabs her and just starts kissing her. Like, she didn't ask for that. Oh, absolutely not. And this is, like, in the first, like, ten minutes of the movie. Just, just... Plants one on her, and her reaction is, "Ho oh, ho! I know what kind of guy we have here. Off to the the rack with you." Sorry, I'm spitting everywhere. And then it was just, and it's never mentioned again. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> until, is mentioned again. Until, it is mentioned again. It is mentioned again. He like, and then he politely, he doesn't even politely. He was like, "Well, I know something fun to do." She's like, "Okay, well, I guess I can give it to you this time, or whatever." And then, oh,
0: well, no, because he, so he, wants, he, he wants information <laughs> out of her, right? And so he basically is like, hey, like we're going to go in here right. and I'm going to have sex with you but that was and then cons- you're going to tell me what... But one.
1: that was consensual. That was consensual. But it was weird because before, it was just like... Because well, I was it, thinking like, is everybody doing this to this woman? Like what what evil kind of physical therapy? Oh my God, th- that was...
0: The movie is very thorough in everything it does. Yes,
1: exactly, yeah. It, it, it basically... Because then you get
0: to the point where they're they're stealing the nukes. And that scene... Goes on forever too. Yeah, it, it basically like okay, we got it, it. We got to crash the plane. It's got to sink to the bottom. We got to we got to cover the plane up. We got to take the nukes. We got to swim it over here. We got to put it in here, and then we got to go back to the plane. We got to do
1: this. It, it would be like in Star Wars, like if they showed you, if they showed them building the Death Star for twenty minutes. And then the plans got stolen and then the star Wars started. Like that's what it would be like.
0: So basically if everybody like editing rogue one, no, it's not even rogue one.
1: It's not like the rogue one part would take like five minutes. The rest of it would then be them building the death star. Like it was crazy. And I know like, I sound like way more impassioned about this because more so than Godzilla raids again, which is also not a good movie, but like this, at least like that had like, it was like going and there was like a weird thing happening. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. That's stupid. Yeah. And that's wrong. This, I, I kid you not, the movie doesn't start for forty minutes, and and, and it really so doesn't frustrated. even start after forty minutes. Because <laughs> because first of all,
0: I'm gonna oh, I'm going go man. on some stuff. Yeah yeah yeah. First of we're all, all, we're just gonna be all over so the place on this one. Yeah. Uh, Bond goes to this big meeting of all the double like of all the double agents. Which the original intention for that was they wanted to get cameos from all the other major spy b- properties. Yeah. They wanted to do like man from uncle armand from oh, U.N.C.L.E. that would have been cool and, yeah but basically it was like impossible to do uh also for some uh, also hidden fact um it's hard to see within the movie but agent O cuz bond sits down in the 7th chair cuz he's agent 007 agent 003 in this movie is a woman and it's the only time uh i think it's the only time Within the original context of the franchise, that a woman was depicted as a double O agent, mm-hmm. so
1: that was pretty cool. I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess, but she's no, no, like no. such a non-factor. Like she shows up, and I was like, is that like another? Well, no, I mean, she's not even on screen. That's not. Oh no, no, no. I, okay, I'm thinking about the. I'm thinking about the other field agent yeah, yeah, later on. Yeah. Because there's a female field agent that at first, like, I didn't know is like, this just one of bond's flings just helping him out on the field or is this an agent and it turns out she's an agent and then she gets yeah. killed and then it's like yeah. Ugh, it, uh, it's, so, oh. so
0: okay so basically bond goes to this meeting and they they go to like oh operation thunderball blah, blah 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 they they tell him the plot of the movie and then he goes back to m's office and it's like oh um i recognize this guy his sister's in nassau can i go there instead of canada and m's like I I guess we don't have anything better. Like (laughs) legit, like the reason that Bond visits this place is because well, there's a girl there Mm -hmm. and she's connected, and she might be there for whatever who knows reason. It's like there's like well, she
1: was connected to the guy because there was a guy involved in the whole Spectre operation, but because the guy was stole the face of another guy, um, Bond found the original guy's like uh, his body, so they're like. Wait a minute. So, how could he have been there, but his body's here? So, I, I don't want to say and, it's entirely but, useless, but no, the way like, that the, it's paced out is just. But it's uh. also,
0: but the thing is, it's like, it's just happenstance. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, it's absolute happenstance that he ends up being at the place where, like, all this is going down. Like, she could have just been there, like, oh, I'm just on vacation. I don't have any connection to my brother. Mm-hmm. And then who knows what would have happened. And, and so, basically, it's like, and, and then there's that guy who's supposed to go with Bonda Kanda,
1: and he's like, Oh, like, no!
0: This is ridiculous. Yeah, and that, I, is I did like
1: the, it was. I did like real quick the notion of M always backing up Bond. I do like that. I, yeah. I pointed that out because now it's very trendy to go with the trope of the authority the the, the authority it, figure always being against our main character. No, it's
0: very it's very trendy to go with the the Harrison Ford style
1: yeah. of uh of a
0: uh, authority figures. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean the two. I mean. It, it's more villain based but two of the Captain America movies are like that, where it's like authority figure and the the, the hero is rogue until he's not rogue anymore. Um, well, uh,
0: this also reminds me of the sequence. Uh, Will. there's something else you're going to be disappointed by. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the final appearance of Sean Connery's hat.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, because they, they hint at the hat toss, but he, he doesn't have and to then, do. And it. then he comes back, and the I hat's did like not,
0: that. He comes back, and the hat's not there. Yeah, and then so this is the final time. Uh, that uh, Bond uh, has a hat as a fashion statement.
1: I'm just gonna bring up a bunch of like things that were just, uh or just, care- uh, careless is the word. It was just, there was just a, like a lot of careless stuff. The sound mix was all over the place, where it's like the music was really loud and the dialogue wasn't, um, it, the editing was just so weird. Like it would just cut to random things. Like to, they would cut to all these poor sea animals they were just not into this movie like <laughs> because at one point like our bond girl is like riding a, a like a sea turtle yes and i was like that sea turtle definitely doesn't want to do that <laughs> and and it, it honestly look and i have to see it looks like a shark got shot in the head with a harpoon at one point and i'm not convinced that was a fake shark and it's just there's just so much like that um there's like one scene where he gets into the car with the henchman, and they go at like hundred. I kid you not. It says in the car, 120 miles per hour, and then because it's all this like tension, like it's like it's like oh, I don't want to go this fast. Yeah, and so it's a, yeah. the
0: henchwoman is a, is a spectre assassin. Yeah, Fiona.
1: Oh, and you know how you know that is because she's wearing a giant ring that has the spectre symbol on it. That would be like Indiana Jones, like being like infiltrated by like a chick with a giant swastika like on her necklace. Well, it's, it's like, like they're supposed to both know who the other are. I know, but like, like later on, they're just like, "Oh, how did you know?" <laughs> Where she's could getting, it be a like,
0: giant <laughs> octopus that sits on your finger?
1: <laughs> so they're going at 120 miles per hour, and then they come up to the uh, to the hotel just at a a gentle break. <laughs> like it's like no, that's not that's not how that works. So Felix Leiter shows up recast, and he is awful. <laughs> well, the thing he is, what's, what's funny he's about it. that is that I, the way that it's presented is
0: that you're supposed to not realize it's Felix, which only works when he's recast. So yeah. they
1: recast him again, and so basically, like you're supposed to think that he's part of. But he's his. so. But he doesn't even like come off as like like a presence. Like he no. just kind of comes off as just. He like, basically
0: comes off as the poor love child of the original, the first. Felix yeah, and the second yeah. Felix, because he has like he has the sunglasses of Jack Lord, but then uh he has the uh, the kind of gray hair and kind of older look
1: of the uh, our second one. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: this will be the last time that Felix appears for quite a while. Uh, any thoughts on the first three Felix lighters, Will?
1: Well, the first the first time couple times, like he shows up and he he has he has a role where he's like the American agent. I liked him in, uh I liked his introduction in Doctor No and i actually liked his role in uh goldfinger yeah. cuz he had a function in yeah. the where, where it's kind of like you know the not even like a b plot but like another uh factor in the yeah. field another an, another uh, piece on the board whereas like this one he's just like shows up and he's kind of bonds like as like friend. friend but he's just like he's like well bond we got to go over here like it's just like oh what the? like it would be like like it's kind of like Jay Baruchel without any personality. Like it's, it's kind of like where like without any of the attempt at performance. Oh, I
0: would cast Jay Baruchel as, as Felix. No, Carter. I mean,
1: the, but that's great. But it's like it's like that, but except he didn't bring any personality to yeah. it. I don't think um,
0: we'll, I think we'll see Felix again until the Dalton movies. Can I talk about the fucking in this movie? <laughs> if you want to, uh, if you want to go that
1: at, far, at yeah. At one point, the henchwoman, what's her name in the uh, movie? Fiona. Yeah. So at one point, the henchwoman sleeps with Bond. And, you know, what? I will preface this by saying this is actually one of the better, not even a better moment, just like one of these little uh, things that I liked where I did like the joke where she's in the tub and then he comes in and she's like, oh, well, can you uh, pass? I was like, I'm going to get out. Can you pass me something to put on? And then he just picks up her like tiny little shoes and gives them to her. I was like, that's funny. See, that's a funny thing. So then she gets out of the tub. And then they and then they have sex. And then like the next scene, the bad guys are at the door. And then she has a gun to his back. And then you know they have the whole thing where he's like, "Well, I knew you were a double, you were an agent the whole time." Why are why are they why are they sleeping with each other? Like why? There's there's absolutely no. First of all, you should either just kill him because earlier in the movie she's like, "Please allow me to kill James Bond." Why are you sleeping with him? And so there's that. And I and please. This is definitely what I want to know. Somebody write in for this one. Do they fuck under the sea <laughs> in this movie? Cuz at one point he meets up with the bond girl then it th- who he had abandoned at this point. Like he was looking after her and then he goes on to this whole other mission. It's weird. But <laughs> they they're scuba diving. And they run into each other. They wave into, they wave at each other, and then they embrace, and then they fall beneath a uh, like right behind a thing of coral, and then a giant like like a like a balloon of bubbles rises up. I can kind of answer this, and, and then. And then in the next scene, they walk up, and then Bond's like, do you think we woke up the fishes or something like that? Or do you think we scared the fishes? So I'm sitting there I'm like, did they just fuck underwater? Uh, the original... <laughs> what is... Um, what? When they... when they uh, Oh, no, maybe this movie's great.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, obviously the, the bubbles come up. Yeah. The original ending of that sequence was her bikini top rising.
1: Yeah. And then they thought... Oh, so it, they it definitely was, fucked underwater. And they
0: thought it was too lewd. Oh,
1: my... <laughs> It did lead to uh, a finally a good Bond uh, uh, quip, yeah. where he shoots a guy with a harpoon, and he's like, "I think he got the point." And I was yeah. like, "All right, I'm, I'm, yeah. in, I'm into that." Uh, but are we oh. gonna, when, when are we going to mention oh the
0: because uh, we, ha- we we obviously we've we've done Bond line of the movie, yeah. Uh, when are we going to mention the Bond look of the movie, the Bond look of the movie? Yeah, uh, in in what way? When he he's he's leaving the health facility, yeah,
1: and he's getting chased. Oh, my. All right. I want to offer an official apology to all of our neighbors in our apartment, because if you were around (laughs) our apartment when we were watching this movie, at one point, you would have just heard a screeching cackle from me, because this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I like I legitimately feel that way. Like, I know it's cliche to say that, but. At one point, Bond is driving away from yeah. the from the uh, physical therapy uh, building, and uh, a Spectre agent in another car is following him, mm-hmm. and is like leaning out of the car with his gun, shoots the gun, and it's like a giant pew, like you know, like a, like a gunshot yeah. sound, and he just shoots the gun. You hear the sound, and it just cuts to Bond, just with this look, just like hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like just looking to the side like not like flustered like the bullet didn't hit anything it's just like as if like it would be like if you heard like a like a like an animal screeching outside like not even that like if you heard a dog barking outside and you're like i didn't know we had a dog like that <laughs> that was the and i and i had to rewind to watch it because it was just so funny um <laughs> it, no, that was that's our bond look of the movie um, oh my god! And it, yeah, there's two last things because I I don't have any more to say about yeah. this. I movie. have a couple of things to say, yeah, like just to kind of finish up. Um, the two the, the two things I did kind of enjoy. I did like what they were doing with the third act and the underwater battle stuff. Mm-hmm. I actually thought that was quite novel, where it's like this giant just brawl where everybody's shooting harpoons at each other. Yeah. It goes on way too long, but it I did like the I did like that conceit and i liked the i liked bond's like underwater jetpack utility jetpack thing mm-hmm. where he comes in and saves the day like i did like that um and i don't really have any thoughts about the bond girl in this one but i did like the notion that she gets the final kill like i yeah. thought that was kind of a neat little uh beat um and then did uh you, yeah and did then you
0: like her uh her costumes yeah they were fine did, did you notice the connection between all? Oh,
1: uh, cuz it's like domino yeah. and yeah, yeah. How
0: would you know it was domino?
1: Um, but uh, uh yeah, and then and then it ends with a uh, with credits that don't even finish all the way.
0: Well, there might there actually is potentially a reason for that, yeah. which I'll talk about all right, in yeah. the aftermath. Uh my thing is that like the first half of this movie is 95% complete bollocks. Yeah. And <laughs> completely dull uh-huh. and completely boring. I do feel that the film picks up a little bit after the, the um, junkaroo parade sequence. Right. I th- okay. I think that like that chase, uh, I think the scene at the uh, kiss, kiss club, which is my bond line of the movie. Uh, Cause basically uh, Fiona's chasing him. Uh, he, he goes to dance with another woman and then Fiona comes up and the other woman's like, Oh, I didn't, you should have told me you were married. Mm-hmm. Uh, But, but that's not the line. Uh, and then they go dance and they're basically like, he's surrounded by all the people. Uh, and then basically he uses her as a human shield, mm-hmm. drops her off another table. <laughs> it's like, excuse my wife. She's just dead. Yeah. <laughs> that That's my bond line of the movie. That, that, uh, but I think that, that sequence is like, I like that fun. And I think like the dynamic with the costumes and stuff, even though he does abandon Domino cause he's like, he's watching the parade with Domino and then he's like, Oh, like we, we have to go, uh, look at this thing. And then he's like, okay. Uh, so I guess I should just go look at this thing. Felix, take a look. Take care of her. Uh, but like, there's a junkaroo, and then there's like the sequence at Largo's house where he's sneaking around. I'm always...
1: I didn't really talk about the bad guy because yeah. he has an eye patch, and that's See, basically See, and it. that was the
0: other thing I was going to mention is that I actually dig uh, the, the villains of this film. I think that they're kind of the one thing throughout the movie that kind of carry it. Mm-hmm. As much as it can, mm-hmm. I think Emilia Largo just has a really cool look, like a just a just a, kind of a presence, a, a, a bit of a presence. Not like the best of the best presences, but like a, a, a present See, nonetheless. I, I almost
1: would have preferred that the that the henchwoman just be the villain. Yeah, and and, and yeah. I
0: think Fiona is like really interesting yeah. and has again really. Really, I think she she does have some really cool moments. Yeah, yeah. But I, I I could I could agree with you. I think that
1: like I think she. I've always thought there that there should be a female Bond villain, mm-hmm. like legit, like, like legit, you, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but yeah, no, I think that post like kind of the, the third the the last third of this movie uh, does kind of pick up slightly, and the underwater sequence at the end is yeah, it's long but it's awesome. I think I think that's like the one thing that you can say is like legit awesome in this movie, um, and. Yeah, I just think that. But the first two thirds or the first half, it's ended, no it's 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 just the worst. Yeah, it, and it's, it's definitely like I would say it's definitely like the worst time I've had watching just, a movie so far. And I because I, I like you said at least Godzilla raids again in some senses might
1: be like a worse off like movie. Yeah,
0: but at the end of the day, it was still more entertaining than most of this well, movie. that's what
1: bothered me it was just so much waiting around for like the movie to really get started and and the budget shows but it, it just the reason it blew my mind when you told me the budget was as much as it was because there's so many there's just so many careless things in it like just like with the editing and the ADR and, like you know what I, and it kind of it kind of feels like it, like haphazardly put put together not in like a overall thing but just like little things here and there
0: because because I think there's there's two things I would say to that And one that I know for sure, and one that's just a theory of mine, Mm -hmm. one is that like our our former hero of For With Love and our editor before, Peter R. Hunt, was getting more into uh, assistant directing at this time because he was looking to direct a Bond film. Mm -hmm. So I do think that from what I know, it's like some of the editing kind of went off to other people. And I think that that's part of it. But But also, there's one big difference between this movie and the previous three, and that's Kevin McClory. And from what I know about Kevin, this was—we need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> this was his passion project. Yeah, like, this was the one chance in his life that he was going to have to do something of significance. Oh, Jesus. And <laughs> I—this was your I, one shot, I, there, Kevin. <laughs> there's a part of because because also it's like he was he was listed as the executive producer and he was very involved with the movie. And I almost feel it's one of those things where he was very like in terms of the the scenes being long. I'm sure it was him that's been like, no, we have to we we got to show all this stuff happening. We got to have this extended. You know, it's like the guy who doesn't who you you you, you read his script, you see his movies, like yeah, well, it's like cut it down. It's like no, no, everything's important. Everything is a big deal. And like I can't confirm that for sure, but it's just like it's just something that I've kind of have a theory of now that I think I think Kevin's passion for Thunderball is
1: kind of what done the movie in i mean yeah i know i I mean i I suppose i mean because there are like the passion shows in like kind of like like i said like the things like the third act and the whole there is some novel it's definitely not like the other ones like it's definitely not rehashing anything i mean you know there is the bomb thing but you know there are things that make it unique i think Um, and i think that he revels in the artistry of the underwater stuff, yeah, but because I
0: mean, like this is, this is this is in terms of like you know, at this point, like the Bond team has been together for yeah. three films. You know, Terrence Young is coming back, and you know he, you know, he did the first two, and they were great. You right. know, at least, at least it's just oh my god, it's just it's the, just, it the just the just way seems, that it's structured, though. Yeah, you know, so you know it, weird. it really it's just so strange that this movie turned out the way it did. Yeah, because it had like a lot of that great talent that made at
1: least two if not three of the, of the previous bond films so well speaking of you know the way it turned out what it did what, what's the aftermath of this uh so the film mess. had a
0: christmas <laughs> release and uh was a absolute gangbuster of a success mm-hmm. uh this one is the most attended bond film okay in uh cinema history with 140 million tickets Okay. Uh, Which is basically 10 million more than Goldfinger. So it's Thunderball and Goldfinger are basically one and two Mm -hmm. in that regard. Uh, It ended up making 141 million worldwide and ended up being the uh, highest-grossing film of 1966 uh, in the United States uh, by a pretty significant margin. It made I think like around 60 million of its budget in the United or 60 million of the box office in the United States. Mm Well, when when adjusted for inflation, mm-hmm. this is the second highest bond grossing Bond movie of all time. Uh, it is it grow it basically adjusted for inflation. It's
1: over a billion. On uh, its uh, second only to Skyfall. Okay. So um, I also offer a formal apology to Goldfinger, which I was not uh, very. Uh, c- I, I don't want to say I was not kind to it. It wasn't my favorite, yeah. but uh, yeah, no. Goldfinger is a masterpiece now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know what was interesting? I, I, I wanted
0: to find more reviews of this because that was interesting. I I, I was I had a difficult time finding reviews from the time for this one for some reason. Mm-hmm. But what I did find that I thought was uh, very interesting considering our discussion was from the uh, Sunday Times mm-hmm. who said, The cinema was a duller place before 007. To which I respond, My life was a duller place <laughs> after Thunderball. <laughs> Uh, but that was like the one big review I found. Uh, there were some people, I mean most of it was like mostly was positive, though some people there were there were some people who took look at it and just said that you know, this doesn't seem like it's everybody's ads into it.
1: Well, you you had kind of told me like in terms of what the legacy of this movie is that this is kind of considered like not a great point for the bond franchise because i think, you, think know, you have like a quote where it's like everybody wants to make a from russia well with that, love nobody that, wants to make a Thunderbolt yeah, that, yeah
0: that's uh, the current producer on the michael g wilson said gotcha that, uh, yeah. so he said that although i mean if we're gonna go let's, let's move on to reflective reviews or yeah. like the, the legacy of it now yeah um so there are people who still find this to be an enjoyable bond franchise entry although it's one of those things where it's like how much of that is this People saying it because it's, it's a Connery bond mm-hmm. and people, you know, like to say that they like, you know, the Connery bonds are the best. And, right. And that sort of thing. Um, basically, a lot of it's agreeing with what we said, that the scenes are too long. It uh, takes forever to get started. Um, you know, people people really like Connery's performance in this movie. Uh, that's kind of one of the main things they take away. Uh, I would say from what I looked at, the two most popular things about this movie are Connery and Fiona, mm-hmm. the, the henchwoman. Uh, those two really kind of have a legacy with Bond, the Bond fandom mm-hmm. and kind of general populace. Is this, but-
1: is this also the first time when they're talking about uh, him sleeping with the woman and she was like, he's like, you don't think I, des- I, uh, I uh, enjoyed it, did you? I did it for queen and country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that and the then, first time they said that? Because probably like, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah.
0: And uh, and then she, obviously she goes on a meta rant about like oh all the was all, so weird all the women that. you sleep. Well, that was a direct response to criticisms of Goldfinger. Yeah,
1: I'm like, well, yeah, but it, it, but it was one of those things where it was like didn't seem like that's what that character would have said. <laughs> She's going on this whole rant about like you just sleep with women all the time, mm-hmm. James or whatever. Yeah,
0: uh, but the yeah so basically love. They, people love Connery's performance, they love Fiona, and they love the underwater sequence at the end. Um, yeah, no, I because, can... Because it's well choreographed, which that scene basically won uh, the Bond franchise, uh, the uh, Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. Um, I'll give it. I'll give it to yeah. them. I, uh, I thought it was well done. Which was funny, because that was, that was the third year that the award was given out, mm-hmm. and at that time, they only nominated two films for visual effects. So the other film that was nominated was The Greatest Story Ever Told, which is a big Jesus epic. Right. Uh, but in, uh, so if we're going to look at Rotten Tomatoes, it does have an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes somehow.
1: How many, how many reviews? Um,
0: I can check, but also in the, uh, 2000. Here, it's going to be easier for me to yeah. check. Yeah. Check it. Uh, and in, somehow in Time Out magazine, they did a, they filmed they they pulled film critics, uh, and directors of the greatest action movies of all time and Thunderball somehow finished
1: 73 out of a hundred. Oh, it's only like 40 reviews. Like 43 reviews. Yeah. Around tomatoes. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, and I'm sure you have a little bit more to say, but at the end of the day, because I was just looking it up right now, uh, it will always have an amazing poster. It does.
0: <laughs> my final thoughts. I want, I want to get one thing out of my final thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think my view on Thunderball is kind of confirming that I'm growing up as a Bond fan because forever and ever, I would have told you forever ago, I would have told you that, oh, no, the the more films are the worst Bond movies, right? Like, oh, Man with a Golden Gun, View to a Kill, of course they're the worst. At least those films have, like, entertaining things in them. Yeah, like, right. like it's just like, it'll be interesting to see if, at the end of the day, when we rewatch those films, if I will enjoy them more than Thunderball. Because the thing about Thunderball is that it's just so boring and nothing happens in it. And that's, like, the worst sin you can have as, right, as, yeah. in, in terms of the Bond franchise. It's like... All the the previous three films we watched are all extremely entertaining and have things happening in
1: them, and even and Doctor also, No. It's like, also weird for a movie that has the jetpack at the beginning that that's like the craziest thing that happens yeah. into it. Yeah. yeah,
0: and it's like and it's like knowing what's coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, all that. Even like if they're even like, you know diamonds are forever and you know our next film which is going to be uh you only live twice mm-hmm. in terms of the connery bonds it's like this is by far the weakest mm-hmm. like people people always credit diamonds as the weakest but I, I i really can't see myself not putting this near the bottom of my list when when we come down to it because right. it's just it's just bad
1: yeah, I think where I stand, it, it ultimately it's just the fact that like it takes so long for things to get started. And you're right; it's like it, it's legitimately, I, and I don't even want to say it's boring in parts, but it's just like it's more of like, all right, come on, like what's the movie about? And the fact that it takes that long for that to it happen really is
0: like I almost like would want to like do a re edit of this because yeah. I feel like like you you if you pick up the pace a little bit, it, it maybe it's not still like going to be the best Mm -hmm. but it's
1: going to be better than what it was there are some sprinkles, like a little bit of dash of uh, things I enjoyed, just like little moments. But uh, this may be my least favorite thing that we've watched for the podcast thus far. Yeah, I
0: think it's not. I think Godzilla: Raids, Again in some ways is a worse. Yes, movie. it's a wor- it's, it's a, a worse, worse movie. movie yeah. But this is yeah, this is by far the worst thing we've had to watch <laughs> yeah. so far.
1: Um, so yeah, that's that's all I have to say about it. But as always, I'm glad I'm watching these. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, just one more thing for the aftermath to mm-hmm. kind of give uh, an update on what happened
0: to Kevin, whatever happened to Kevin McClory. Wait, wait,
1: wait, it was, it was, that was such a good ending, too. And now, now you've ruined it with your little, with your post credit scene. Yeah. Go ahead. Give us your post-credits. Um, so McClory would be
0: successful in remaking the film once, uh, which is the uh, 80s Bond movie, Never Say Never Again. Okay.
1: Uh, which Bond is that? What? Which Bond is that? What, like what actor played Bond? Oh, that's Connery. Okay. Right.
0: So Connery comes back. That I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that more when we get to uh, one of the more films because that kind of plays into it. But yeah, Connery comes back to play Bond in that movie. Uh, and we're definitely going to take a look at Never Say Never Again uh, sometime down the line. We'll see if it's somehow better than Thunderball, mm-hmm. probably. Uh, he would retry to make it one more time uh, after the success of uh, Goldeneye. Uh, and he's going to make a film called uh, Warhead 2000 A.D., uh, and then finally, the Eon Productions kind of stepped in, and there was a whole legal mess. Mm. Um, as of now, he, McClory died in like 2013, 2014. Pushed into the pool and of then, sharks. And then uh, <laughs> his estate gave uh, the uh, Thunderball rights back to uh, the Bond franchise. So,
1: oh. well, I guess where they where they belong, I suppose. Um, actually, my my final uh, thing will be a little bit unrelated, but related to the movie. Uh, Harrison Ford's role in this. Where do we put... I put Harrison Ford, because we have this ongoing thing of where we put Harrison Ford in the movie. Harrison Ford is one of the heads at the physical therapy clinic.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: I would have put him in another authority role. I would have put him as like... That's an authority role. Yeah,
0: (laughs) but I would have put him in like the MI6 guy. Or not the MI, not M, but like the the upper guy who's like, we're going to have to pay the diamonds, Bond, if you don't... Get yeah, the
1: bombs. Bond. He, he's like he's like pointing to M. But he's like he's like, why do you, why do you trust that double O seven? Exactly. Stop trusting double O seven and find my wife.
0: Alrighty, alright. Uh, is that it? I think uh, that's it. That it. Alright. <laughs> so next time on uh, next time on the Bond side of things, bon, Mr. Bond will go to Japan. In uh,
1: you only live twice. And no, really wait what really (laughs) i was just like i was i was literally saying like oh really that's where we're going oh yeah yeah
0: um because you you just sounded like really like i thought you were expecting something else (laughs) no no it was because oh because i was going to mention the the credits thing real quick uh the credits might have been edited on our version because originally they did tease that it was going to be on her majesty secret service but because of production delays they decided to just
1: wipe the slate clean and not tease the next movie well, for Bond, on the next Bond, we're going to Japan. But on the next episode, we are also going to Japan, in which we are going to be talking about our next film, Godzilla, or Mothra versus Godzilla. So I'm excited to talk about that. Sounds good. So, uh, Nick, where can we find you and the podcast?
0: Oh, we can find the podcast at... Um, you can Email us at bonzilapod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And subscribe. Ha! <laughs> <You> can... <laughs> I was going to say subscribe on oh Facebook. God. Fa- subscribe my You can subscribe on Facebook, I guess. That's, that is the can correct term. shit together. Just, uh, like us on Facebook bon- at f- Facebook.com slash Bonzilla007 or on Twitter, Bonzilla.com slash... Twitter.com
1: slash Bonzilla007. Oh, man. Uh, or you can find me uh, at WAFC Studios. Um, so yeah, I think that's it for, that's all I have for this episode. Yeah, this was, this was a good one. Thunderball. Adios folks.